You know, Christ rose from the dead, not so that we could just get together and have an Easter service, but so that you and I could live a resurrected life. And you know, every child who's been to kids' church could tell you that they know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he broke the power of sin and death and hell and the grave and rose again. Every child knows that, that's been to church before and has heard the teaching. But I believe there's a lot of grown-ups in this room that don't understand that, that Christ died so that you who are bound by sin, so that you who were bound by fear and anxiety and shame and addiction and regret and, and disappointment, that, that you could have a resurrected life. That those dark areas of your life that, that seem dead and, and, and are hurting and that you try to forget about it, you try to turn away from it, that, that you could actually walk in a life that's new. That in the power of Jesus Christ that you, you could walk a whole new way. That you could have a resurrected life. But see, it's, it's possible, and what we do in our culture is we like to dress up things on the outside. So if we have an issue, we, we put things on the outside to make it look like everything's okay. And in fact, it's Easter Sunday, and there's a lot of us that, that we've got new clothes on, and, and we've dressed it up on the outside, and it's possible to have everything new on the outside and still be walking in an old way on the inside. Strangely enough, it's like there's something on the inside that's decaying. That somehow you, you feel this draw, this pull back. This, it's, like, it's like almost magnetized where I'm trying to walk a different way, but there's this draw that leads me back to this addiction, to this ugly place, this dark place that I don't want it. It, it, it feels like it's beneath me, but it's still, it's still there. And I can dress up on the outside and still have that struggle going on on the inside. You know, I really get a sense this morning in this room that there are people here today that there is something on the inside of you that is just screaming on the inside. Enough is enough. Like, I, there's got to be something better than this. I'm so sick of the same pattern. I'm sick of the same cycle of going back to the same men over and over again, the same woman over and over again, the same addictions over and over again. It's like, I keep looking for joy. I keep looking for hope. All at the same time that this battle is going on, there's, there's this beckoning from Jesus. As Jesus tells us, he says, I came to give you life. And I came to give you life more abundantly or life to the fullest. He's saying, he's saying there's something better than this. Like there's that dead, that dying side of you that, that, that pulls you downward and pulls you into decay. But I came to give you life right now to resurrect your hopes in your dreams. And guys, this Easter Sunday means absolutely nothing. If you don't connect to Jesus Christ and you don't allow the Holy Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to bring the resurrection power of Jesus Christ into your circumstances personally, not as a church service for a whole bunch of people. We just did a thing, we, we dressed up, but no, for you personally, your life can be so radically changed. You know, every time 
Almost every time we see in scripture that there was a miraculous resurrection, do you know that first there came a major rolling away? When Jesus went down to Lazarus' tomb and Lazarus laid there dead, our God, he, he stood there before the, te- the tomb and he said to the people around him, he said, I want you to roll the stone away. Now, think about this. The God who has the power to raise Lazarus back to life, he, he could have rolled the stone away, but our God who raised Lazarus refused to touch the stone. He refused to do so. He showed that this is a collaborative effort. The resurrection power is a collaborative effort between God and man. And that man will will have his fingerprint on it as God says, no, I'm not doing the part that you can do. And and see, we see that we serve a God who, who refused to force himself into the dark place. But he stood there and waited to be invited. He said, okay, if this is where you want me to do my work, then you need to go open the door. You need to roll away the stone. And there's some of you already in this room that you know that there's been a barrier in the way between you and your relationship with God. There's been a stone in the way and it could have been a thought pattern. You know, your your parents didn't believe in God. Your grandparents didn't believe in God. so, So, you know, it's like if I believe in God, maybe it's like I'm rejecting my parents or something. And there's so there's been this stone in the it's like, I don't know if I want to let God in. There's, there could be a, a stone in the way of hurt. You know, gone, gone through difficult things. We, we, we buried a 13-year-old girl yesterday in our church. And, and people who go through hurt sometimes, they put this barrier up and they're going, I, I can't believe that I could go through so much pain. So we put this stone in the way and like, I don't want to let God into this dark place. I don't want to let him in here. But you need to understand as we look into scripture and we see and understand this God who loves us so much, we see a God who shows us those of us who are willing to do the rolling, then he's going to step in and do the raising. And if you will just do the rolling today, and what does that look like? It, 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 it's man's hand on it. It's an act of faith. It's just saying, you know what, God, I can't bring my circumstance back to life. I can't fix myself. I can't clean up my situation. But, but what I can do is I can open the door and say, okay, God, come in here to where it's ugly. Come in here to where it hurts. Come in here to where it stings. Just a couple years ago, Amelie and I had to uh, replace some carpet in our house. In fact, we, we've moved several times, so this is the first house we've lived in long enough to where we actually need to replace the carpet. But one of the reasons we replaced the carpet is because of a stain. And I remember as we were going around and getting it measured, I looked at this stain again, and I, and I remembered what happened. When my youngest daughter was three years old, uh, her name's Kayla, uh, at three years old, she decided uh, she wanted to paint her toenails, but she didn't want anyone else to know. Mom always did it for her, and she knew where Mom kept her nail polish. So she's thinking, I'm going to do this myself. And she, she goes in and sneaks into our master bathroom and pulls out Amelie's nail polish. And she starts painting. And she's getting more of her feet than she is her toes. You know how it goes. And, and, and just like little kids do, they scoot all the time. So she somehow, while she was painting, scooted from our bathroom all the way out into our hallway where there was carpet there. And, and she made a mistake. She got a couple drops of the nail polish on the carpet. 
So not wanting us to know what happened, she decided, I gotta, I gotta go clean it up. So my little three-year-old girl goes and grabs a washcloth, she gets it wet, and she comes back out into the hallway, and she gets on the ground, and she starts scrubbing these two little dots, these two little dots of nail polish, and she's scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing, and she begins to realize that she's scrubbing. The more she scrubs, this turned into just being a tiny little problem, but now this stain is like a foot wide. And she begins more frantically scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. And now it's like two foot wide. Have you ever made a mess? Many of you that know my story, and it's not something I share a whole lot, but those of you that have been around here for a while, you know my story. You know there was a period of time I walked away from God. And um, I, I felt God's call on my life. I felt his draw on my life. And I don't know if maybe I was just trying to show God that, look, I'm not qualified for this. Pick someone else. So I started just trying to show God, uh, you got to find someone else. So I I got into a real rebellious habit and I started going to parties and I got real involved in drug use. and, And I learned in this period of time when I was away from God, that my God who loves me and my, my God who loves you is not afraid to follow you into a party. He's not afraid to follow you into a dark place. In fact, he's not afraid to follow you into your basement when you're on that website in the middle of the night or into an affair. He's not afraid to follow you wherever you go. And it was, in fact, at one of these parties and there's drug use all around me. I I began to hear the drawing of God as God would begin to just speak to me. and it, was, it wasn't like a, an audible voice of God, but something on the inside. It's like I just had this sense that God was telling me, this is not who you are. <laughs> this is so not who you are. I created you for more than this. You're better than this. I have so much more for you than this. And I believe that there are those of you in this room that have had that exact same sense. You've been in the middle of something and every one of our circumstances is different, but you know what it is. In the midst of where you've been, God has come and he's told you, look, you're in a mess, but just because you're in a mess, that doesn't mean you're part of the mess. You're better than this. I've got something for you. This is not who you are. And, and, And God is beginning to tell you, look, I am drawing you out of this place that you're in, this this ugly place, this this dry place, this dark place. I've got something better for you. So Amelie and I, we were sitting on the couch, and we began to hear Kayla just kind of whimpering in the room. And we looked at each other like, what is going on? So we got up and we, we left the living room and went into the hallway. And as we saw there, I saw my little three-year-old girl. And, and she was doing everything she could. She had this wet washcloth and she's just scrubbing as hard as she can. And she's whimpering. And she sees that the mess is getting worse and worse and worse. And she looks up at us and all of a sudden she just starts bawling, tears pouring down her face. And she runs and just hugs us. she hugged me there now all of a sudden I was involved and when the father gets involved things can be handled because on her own she began to realize just at three years old she knew I've made a mess and I can't clean it up on my own I don't know what to do everything I try to do it makes it worse and she came and she fell into my arms and then when daddy got involved We got down on the ground and we held her and we cleaned what we could clean. But then I got on the phone 
And I called and I bought new carpet. Because <laughs> that's what daddies do. You guys, a lot of us, we, we go through our lives and we're like doing everything we can to try to clean it up. And we're thinking, yeah, it, you know what, I'm not going to go to church yet. If I can just get my life cleaned up, if I can get this relationship under control, if I can just get this habit handled, if I can get this addiction, if I can just get through this uh, recovery program and get that in the past, then I'm going to be cleaned up. And it's like the more and more and more we try to scrub and we try to clean, we make our lives so much more of a mess. And our God's just going like, hey, I can handle it. I'm waiting here. Uh, you, all you got, you just turn to me and like, I give you a whole new world. Like, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just fix your problem. I'm going to give you a whole new life. I'm not going to just bring some hope back. I'm going to give you a whole new hope. I wonder how many of you, uh, when you're growing up, have the good room? Well, let me ask you, do you guys even know what the good room is? Anyone? Let, let me tell you what the good room is. Uh, so we can all be on the same page. I grew up in the South, and the good room is that room in your house, or maybe it's in your grandmother's house, maybe it's your aunt's house, that's better than the rest of the house, right? It's got the good furniture in there, you know, like, and you're not actually allowed to go in there. It's just for looking, right? There's plastic on the furniture, dishes in there you never touch, right? That's the good room. How many of you know about the good room? You had a good room, okay. I want you to imagine with me for a moment, every person in here, imagine with me that you're a house. Seems weird. Why would you say that? Well, this comes from Jesus. In Revelation 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus gives us this illustration for us to understand that every one of our lives is like a house, and he's waiting outside the house. So imagine with me that you're a house, and Jesus is standing outside that house, and he really wants to come in. He does. But Jesus is never going to force his way into your house. He wants to be invited in. And a lot of us, we don't invite Jesus in because we're happy with the way things are. Like if we want something, we just go to the front door and we open up, we shoot up our prayer, God, I want this, and then we close the door and get back real quick. That's not a relationship. You know, that's, in fact, that's not a relationship at all. And we don't invite him in. We don't invite him into our house because truly our house is a mess. And, and, and we think if I could just get it cleaned up first, then I would invite Jesus in. And in fact, maybe you've brought other things into the house trying to clean it up. Those other things you've brought in have made it more messy. Maybe brought relationships in, thinking that they could help you clean up your mess. But it's just made things messier. In fact, the only one who can clean your mess is waiting outside the door with a bucket and apron around his waist. His name is Jesus and he's just waiting for you to invite him in. And then there's others of us in this room that maybe you had Jesus in your house before. You invited him into your house, but for some reason you've been trying to evict him. For some reason maybe you've just tried to cordon him off to one room of the house. You know the, the good room. Have you ever noticed that the good room is always in the front of the house? It's the one with the big windows. So when people look in, they, they, they think that the whole house is clean. They see in that good room that's clean. They think the whole house, but it's not. 
The rest of the house is messy. It's just that one room. And they look at you and like, he's got his life together. Man, I've even heard him quote Bible scriptures, but, but really it's just that one room. Our man, they, they go to church every Sunday, but it's just that one room. You've got to open the door and invite him in. Let me tell you, when you invite Jesus into your life, he, he doesn't just come with cleaning supplies. He comes with a contractor named the Holy Spirit. And they come in and they do a remodeling work in your life. So that you can begin to utilize your life the way it was created, the way it was intended to be used from the get-go. But the truth is, God is never going to force his way in. He just waits there. And just like Revelation 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is waiting for you to invite him in. So what I'd like to invite you to do today is I just want to invite every person in this room to stand to your feet with me. And while we're standing to our feet together, I want to I ask you to, to close your eyes and to bow your heads. I say, why, why is this? Why do we close our eyes, bow our heads? There's nothing weird about this. I'm just trying to give you a, a time of privacy for this to be personal, knowing that no one else is looking at you, just, just my eyes going around this room right now. And I want to ask you real honestly here in just a moment, that maybe if you're here and you've got that sense on the inside, that sense that, you know what, you've never invited Jesus in. You've never invited him to come in and help clean up your mess to fix things for you. You've been doing life on your own. That today could be the day that God changes your whole world and all you have to do is invite him in. So if that's you today and you're getting this sense and you might even be feeling uncomfortable right now, like there's a war on the inside going, I don't know if I should raise my hand or not. I don't know if I should do anything. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you, if that's you right now and you need to ask Jesus into your life, I want to ask you with no one looking around on the count of three to put your hand up so that I can pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything strange. I just want to pray with you. So if that's you right now, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I want to ask you to just be bold for a moment and say, yeah, that's me. I need to ask Jesus into my life. So here we go. One, your life could change today. Jesus loves you so much. Two, three, raise your hand right now if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. There are so many hands. Keep your hands up for a moment. There are so many hands in this room that just went up. This step right now of just raising your hand is like reaching out and grabbing onto the doorknob, getting ready to invite Jesus into your house. You can put your hands back down for a moment. The Bible makes it very clear how we invite him in, how we have a relationship with him. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means every one of us have a mess in our life. Every one of us have sin. We're missing the mark and we need help. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of that sin wages of that mess is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so you get this God's saying I'm not just going to come in and clean your life I'm going to come in clean your life and then give you everlasting life in heaven and here's how you get it Romans 10 9 if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So for every one of you that just raised your hand and you said, I need to invite him in, 
I want you to pray a prayer with me. In fact, I'm going to ask every person in this room to repeat this prayer with me so no one feels left out. We're going to invite Jesus in and ask him to forgive us of our sin and be the Lord of our lives. Let's do this together. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I've made a mess of my life and I need your help. I believe you died for me And I believe you rose again so I could walk in a resurrected life. Please give me a home forever in heaven and be my master and my Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the Bible says that everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth I will also acknowledge them before my heavenly Father. So I want to give you the opportunity, if you just prayed that for the very first time, to acknowledge the fact so we can celebrate with you. There was a lot of hands. So put your hand up so we can celebrate with you right now. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time. That's awesome. Look at these hands, man. Praise God. Praise God. Here's the thing. You just prayed that prayer. When you leave here today, you're not going to be like totally different. When you leave here, though, you're different on the inside. God is beginning to work in you. So the trick to this now is that we begin listening to what Jesus leads us to do. And the more that we hear his voice, the more he leads us to follow him. The more we learn and we grow, we're going to begin to see that our lives are going to change here on earth. Now, here's something you need to know. Your eternal destination already changed. You have a guaranteed home forever in heaven because you just made him your savior. That's wonderful. Praise God for that. This is what I want to do, though. No one leave yet. This is what I want to do to end this Easter service today. There's another worship song that we're going to sing together as a church, uh, but I want to do something kind of special before and, and while we do this song. Is First, I want to invite all of our prayer counselors to come forward to the altar here. Um, every one of our prayer counselors, they're going to come forward. These men and women are ready to pray with you. There was a second category of people I talked to just a moment ago, and it was the category of people that that maybe at one point in your life you had God in every area of your life, but you've been trying to compartmentalize him. You've been trying to keep him out of the dark areas and keep him out of the messes and keep him out of the struggles and just make it look good. Make it like keep keep him in the good room so everyone thinks I've got it together. And I believe in this room, there are people here that need to open up the door and give your entire life, your entire world to Jesus. In fact, on Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the fact that he's given us the power to bring things back to life, that God wants to bring those dark places in your life back to life. And there are marriages in here that feel like they have died. There are relationships in here that feel like they have died. There's dreams that feel like they've died, hope that feels like it's died. And you serve a God that can bring things back to life. So I want to encourage you. As a church, we're going to worship our God together. But if you're here today and you're going, there's an area of my life I want to see God bring back to life, I want to invite you to come forward. Don't, Don't miss this opportunity. Come forward and let one of these men and women pray for you right now. So uh, go ahead, band, let's go ahead and start this. And I just want to invite you, if that's you and you need to see some changes in your life, step out into the aisles, come forward right now and let us pray.